When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. All right, here we go. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. And I'm here today with Rusty Garner. Hello, everybody. Who is the host of the Buy, Sell, Trade podcast. And I wanted to let him tell you guys a little bit about what he does and what his podcast is about. Okay, well, um, I, have a, I have a full-time job, really. But, uh, you know, the podcasting and what I do on the side and everything is kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, I do a lot of buying and selling of things, sometimes vintage, sometimes antiques, but a lot of just like if I see something in a sale and I know that, that is way underpriced, I will buy it mm-hmm. and resell it. Um, the podcast is a lot about that. Yeah. Not just my adventures. Uh, it's kind of an interview-based podcast where I interview uh, antique dealers and, and vintage mall owners from around around the world, really. We've oh, had that's cool. Canadian guests. Uh, oh, that's on. cool. Yeah. We're like 30-something episodes in, and if you're into that at all, it's, it's a good resource because all of our guests have been really willing to share their secrets and how they got started what works what doesn't work that's that cool sort of thing. So that's, that's cool that's what i do um my grandpa would have loved that because he was big into ebay after he retired and selling yeah. jim bean bottles and um he was a when uh when he was younger he was a buyer for levi strauss nice. and so he'd go to like the the mark i think it's just called market and mm-hmm. buy like different things and he went a lot to China and like all different places. And so he had a lot of cool things that he had collected over his life. And like once he retired, he really got into eBay and selling stuff. And he was a really good seller on eBay. If he could take some of those Levi's overseas, he probably could have made a killing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, one time my, one of my cousins was doing, I think he was doing like some mission work in Russia or something. And he had my grandpa let him take a bunch of Levi's with him there because people loved the sure. Levi's. And so he was like giving them to people and they were like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because we can't get this here. Right. And like, yeah, so he he had a lot of adventures. But um, how did you get into that? Like Into buying and selling? Yeah. Stuff? Well, I've pretty much done it all my life. It, it kind of started as a kid with baseball cards and hot wheels yeah. as i got a teen into a teenager and one of my friends introduced me to the x-men it moved into uh comic books okay um but you know just starting with that it just kind of snowballed uh i'm old enough that i remember when ebay was born mm-hmm. and you know my wife and i uh when we were young and first married she was going through school i was working two jobs to put her through school um one of the jobs she had was at kb toys and one of the jobs i had was it Target? Man, I remember KB Toys. And we, <laughs> yeah, but we, we would get the toy trade magazines and we would find out what was short packed. Yeah. If, if you don't know what short pack means, that means 
like usually it's female action figures. Like mm-hmm. it would come in a case. There would be four or five each action figure, but there would be one that was just one in there. Yeah. Um, so we would buy those before they ever hit the shelves and sell them on eBay when eBay oh, was cool. in its infancy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And I just kind of developed an eye over the years. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I, so many examples. I don't know what I could throw out, but just kind of give you an idea. Like I saw one of those old milk cans at a garage sale for 10 bucks not too long ago. Are those the ones that are like... Um kind of nobody can see what i'm doing but they're kind of shaped like that and they have the handles yeah a lot of people okay. keep them on their porch you know and we have just one back out there high or whatever yeah. yeah i was like i went for 10 bucks and sold it pretty quick for like 60 or 60 oh wow or something. oh yeah. that's awesome yeah those things are yeah yeah oh my gosh <laughs> but i mean that is not just i don't do it just in milk cans it's just an yeah. example yeah know? that's that's fun um so rusty and i got connected on instagram um and when he sent me a message about what we're going to talk about today, I was so excited because when I saw his name pop up on my screen, my mind immediately went to the place where our podcasts cross over, which <laughs> is antiques and spooky stuff. So we're going to be talking about haunted objects, and that is what he messaged me about, and I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought when, <laughs> I, when it was like, I like this podcast. How can how can we like do a crossover thing? What's yes. It? And then immediately, like I work with a guy who who asks me all the time if I've ever found an Urkel doll, which you know we can talk about that. Later. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, that's that's where my mind went to. It didn't take long to figure out that we had a connection. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, I was so excited. I was like, yes, I saw that message. But we're going to be talking about haunted objects today for you guys. And um, one of the first things that we talked about when we got in contact was um, you turned me on to the Friday the 13th TV series. <laughs> yes. Which I, it's a Canadian TV series from like the 80s. And it's basically about these two people who don't know each other that jointly inherit an antique, uh, an antique store. Right. And it turns out that like, just about everything in the antique store is cursed or haunted because mm-hmm. I think that the guy who owned it, I think in like the first five minutes you find out he like made a deal with the devil yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. All the, I think all the objects in that show were demon possessed, Yes, you know, so much more than, yeah. more than haunted. Really. Oh but, yeah. 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 I watched that show when I was a kid. I, I remember watching it at my grandma's house a lot. Like I would spend the night with her on Saturdays and go to church with her on Sundays. And she was not real happy about me watching that show, <laughs> yeah. but like my grandpa liked it too. And he was on my side. So <laughs> Outvoted. Yeah, yeah, that was, that would have been like late eighties, like 87, 88, something. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. And you can actually, you can see them on YouTube now. I watched, um, I watched the first episode and I think I watched part of the second episode the first episode, um, one of the things we're going to talk about today, which is one of the most common haunted objects, is dolls. And that first episode has a little girl with a doll. And there's this really, like, campy scene where these guys kind of approach her in this alleyway. And you can tell they have bad intentions. And um, she has the little doll with her. And <laughs> I think the doll, like, cuts the guy's throat or something. Like, it's so it's so dramatic. And, like, it's just, it's fun. But um, I it's totally... It's very 80s, late night yes, TV. Yes, yes. And I totally used to watch um, another Canadian TV series. If you guys have never heard of this one, you should check it out. Um, it's called Psy Factor. It's, like, P-S-I Factor. And Dan Aykroyd hosted it, which if you if you follow this podcast and you know anything about like any anything like this, you know that Dan Aykroyd is into like UFOs and stuff like that. And he kind of hosted that show in a Twilight Zone type fashion. He would like come on and say, this is what we're talking about this week. And then like the the show would start and the narrative um, 
would be like these investigators investigating something. And so it was um, it was really fun. And I watched that with my grandma as well as the X-Files on Saturday nights. And that probably set the tone for a lot of my life. (laughs) But um, so let's just do an overview of haunted objects. And I um, when I was researching for this, I found an article on a I believe it was on Collectors Weekly. And which is kind of like a an antique blog type thing. And um, anyway, a haunted object, it's just an object that has energy or a spirit attached to it for whatever reason. And according to some, this is because something particularly negative has happened around the object during or during the life of its possessor. So and in the article, it said that could be anything from like going through tough times or a trauma or um, even if the person who owned the object was killed or something like that. So I guess it's pretty easy for an object to become haunted. (laughs) Um, And some of the most commonly haunted objects through what, through like the research that I did, it looks like dolls are pretty common, which doesn't really surprise me because I think dolls are kind of a little bit spooky anyway. Like some of them with their eyes and stuff like that. If you were, if you were like a, a person who was murdered or somehow killed tragically and you were looking for something to put your body into like mm-hmm. something was sort of like a human or i'm sorry your spirit into something like yeah. that, like a humanoid humanoid form would right. probably be that would probably be, my first be choice. Yeah, yeah i think that that's a good point <laughs> i hadn't thought about that but that's a good point because i mean like if your options are a doll versus like that bigfoot over there on the wall like yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess that's kind of humanoid, too. That's probably a bad example. Or, like, the T-Rex <laughs> head. Um, yeah. You know, you might go for the doll instead. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, one of the other things is jewelry. I saw a lot of listings for, like, haunted pendants or um, things like that. Um, clothing and furniture seem to be the most commonly cited objects on websites where they're being billed as haunted to be sold. Um, and one of the things that I discovered was that way back when like a long time ago that was a trick to get people to sell things to you for less than what they were really worth was to say oh it's possessed or it's haunted and i think we kind of talked about that now it's like the opposite of that right right i think one of the things we want to talk about i've I brought it up already was the urkel doll yes yeah, where yeah i think that a story was attached you know to kind of inflate the price oh yeah you know? yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, and if you want to go ahead and share this, yeah, 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 go for yeah, it. Yeah, it's well. Apparently, uh, the story was this lady was selling it on eBay. This has been a couple of years ago now, and uh, she was billing it as possessed. She said her ex boyfriend was into some dark magic and dark arts and stuff like that, and he summoned this demon to possess the doll and then left the doll on her doorstep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I that story. I have so many questions because, yeah. like, I'm like, what? What makes you like, okay, so if you're, I, okay, let's say I'm practicing like black magic and I'm going to curse somebody and yeah. I'm like, I'm going to find the scariest object I can <laughs> to put this black magic into. And it's not an Urkel doll. No. <laughs> like, it's just not. Um, no, Steve Urkel doesn't really strike fear into most folks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although if, if the doll was like talking yeah. and like being like Chucky, that might be kind of scary. <laughs> But yeah, that that I love that story so much. You're right. And okay. then of course her first instinct was to sell it on eBay. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like let's let's sell this. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I know people that have looked for haunted stuff on eBay and like um in one of the stories that I'm going to tell, uh 
one of the people bought something specifically because it was haunted. And so that's uh, that's kind of an interesting phenomenon, I think, that people are like, oh, this definitely has bad energy. Like, let me let me buy it. Like, And I think a lot of times maybe those people are skeptical or something um, – something compels them to to think that it's okay and i don't know it's interesting <laughs> but um so in the collector's weekly article there are some reasons like um these are some of the things that people say about haunted objects and this is a quote directly from the article quote most people who experience hauntings say that their antique might make them feel cold or anxious or that the item gives them dreams or images of times past others claim to have heard voices from the piece or that the object gives off a particular smell, or that the item moves on its own. Experts of all stripes agree that these hauntings are, quote, real. However, they disagree on where the hauntings come from. So one of the things that it also talked about in the article was um, there have been studies done that if you stimulate a certain part of the brain, it can make you feel like there's a presence in the room, or it can make you feel that psychological sense of cold where you kind of get a chill and um, and I've definitely experienced that before, like just in a room by myself, kind of felt that, oh, I'm not by myself. Like there, there's something like something is making me feel like I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of it's interesting because the article was very like showed both sides kind of. It was like, here's the like skeptical. This is the scientific explanation. And then like, here's the other explanation, which is that these objects are definitely haunted. And, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting. But there was a paranormal investigator who was quoted in the article. Um, Her name is Karen Frazier, and she's from Washington State. Um, And she says, what parapsychologists refer to as a haunting is like what you and I would think of as a recording. Residual energy is trapped in whatever object it is, and it replays itself. There's nothing intelligent about it. It just plays the same thing over and over then sometimes you can have objects that actually have what people would assume to be a spirit attached to them, which has some intelligence. So that would be like if you were dead and you decided you wanted to hang out with your favorite dress or your favorite chair. I still call it an energy because I don't know what we experience paranormally is necessarily the ghost of a dead person. So that kind of goes along with it, like the idea that you're really experiencing something, but they're kind of saying that it might be not necessarily a ghost, but... I don't know. It's kind of kind of interesting stuff. It's like some sort of an energy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I thought was interesting about that, I've definitely heard this in like other stuff that I have researched in the paranormal field. Um, the idea of an, an energy impression, like a recording kind of, it's like um, I've heard accounts of, you know, seeing a woman come down the stairs in an old house and they say it's not an intelligent haunting. Like, it's not like she sees you or that yeah. she's there to, like, interact with you. This is just, for whatever reason, her energy is trapped here and she's forced to replay that. Which I guess it's not right. really that she's forced. It's just that that impression of when she was alive is still within the walls or whatever like right. that. So I could kind of, I, I don't know, I could kind of see that, like energy attaching itself to an object especially like a personal object like jewelry or something like that but um so some of the famous cases of haunted objects um there's one i think this one is one that you wanted to share robert the doll robert the doll yes and Um, there was an episode of lore about this if you guys are really interested in it and want to hear an in-depth like 
really deep dive into the Robert the Doll story. There's an episode of that podcast that was done about Robert the Doll. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for my uh, my information. Oh, now. you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. Um, I can get us started. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Robert Eugene Otto was given a doll by his parents when he was four years old. Um, and the doll was kind of like, it kind of looks... I don't know. It's it's kind of cloth and like it looks pretty innocent. Like it's dressed like a sailor and yeah. it's not it's not super spooky. Um and he actually named the doll Robert after himself. Um you can see pictures of the doll online. Uh you guys can look that up. Um shortly, There's something to think about right there that he named the doll after himself. Right, yeah, I that's kinda is. yeah, that's kinda <laughs> I know. If I would be like, hmm, son, like, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> like, that's kind of kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after they gave him the doll, like, shortly after that, they would notice that he was up in his room, and they would walk by, the door would be closed, and they would hear him talking like he's talking to someone else, which in and of itself is not that unusual. Um, but what was unusual is that they would hear a deep voice <laughs> yeah. talking back I, to him. I was about to mention that. Like, I read <laughs> yeah. somewhere that the doll, like, the, uh, yes. the doll had, like, a deep voice. And that, <laughs> Which is so, that's even yeah. creepier. <laughs> yeah. Not only is it, is it, like, creepier, but it's a detail that I would not have thought. Like, if I was making up yeah. the story, it's a detail I would not have right. thought to attach to it. I would think, know? like, Chucky voice. Like, <laughs> yeah. not, not deep voice. Like, that's so, so right. creepy. Um, so they would hear that, and sometimes they would have um, furniture move around in the room that Robert the doll was in, um, and Jean had nightmares. Toys would move and disappear and then reappear mutilated, and Jean would blame it on Robert, which is another thing that you're kind of like looking at that kid going, mm, yeah, yeah, something's not right here. So we're <laughs> yeah. going to blame the doll. It's like that. There's this meme going yeah. around right now where it says um it's like someone has taken a picture of this thing that their kid has done and it's like this rubber duck covered in duct tape and there's a knife next to it and like all this stuff and it says my doc my my kid's gonna be a little doctor someday and somebody commented and they're like no your kid's gonna be a little serial killer it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that's so funny <laughs> but yeah so and then um some of the other stuff that happened was like People would, they finally, they locked him away in the attic because they were just like, this is too creepy and we don't want to deal with this anymore. And um, people who would walk by the house, like, I guess they had a window up in their attic where the doll was and they would claim that they would like see it looking out the window or um, moving or things like that. And so, yeah. Oh, uh, it, Again, I'm not really trusting this kid to not make that happen. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> this kid. Strange or something. Like yeah. That. No kidding. Um, and you can actually see this doll. Um, it's on display at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. And um, some of the stuff that's still kind of creepy about it is they say like not to take a picture of it um, without asking its permission. That is weird. That is real weird. Like, what happens? Like, I want to go take a picture of it just to find out what happens. Yeah. So like, like, why not? I, I feel like, I feel like that's the beginning of, like, one of the episodes of, like, Paranormal <laughs> Witness is like, I'm going to take a picture of this doll without asking permission. Oh, yeah. And here we go. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. The beginning of a bad 80s horror. Exactly. Movie. It's the beginning yeah. of a, of an episode of Friday the 13th. <laughs> it could very well be. 
Yeah, another thing like about that doll too, it, it says not to even buy a replica of it. Mm-hmm. It's like seriously, the the the, I, the article says seriously, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, yeah. like so what it, does that mean? It's attached to the replicas as well, right? Um, one of the things that you showed me when we were talking about doing this is that painting. Yeah, that painting, it's kind of from the same top 10 list that I had found when I was researching this a little bit. And that painting is really the only thing on this list that just made, that just kind of gave me chills. Yeah. I was like, man, that thing is creepy looking. And it's got these two kids in it. And I'm not sure, like looking at the picture, I can't even tell, are they supposed to be kids or are they supposed to be dolls? Because the boy looks like a kid. The girl looks like a doll. What's the name of it again? Uh, The hands resist him. Yeah. Okay. So the name is creepy too. Yeah. And then they're, they're standing in front of a window and there's like all these little hands like Mm -hmm. outside of a dark window. Yeah. It's weird. It's real (laughs) weird. That, that was, that's one of the haunted objects that we. Yeah. I was on the phone with my dad. Like after I, after I told him that, after I talked to you Mm -hmm. and I said like, you know, we're going to do this crossover podcast thing. And I was doing something where my hands were kind of busy and he was looking stuff up for me. And I said, Hey, look up that, that painting It's called the hands resistance. And, and I said, it's so creepy, isn't it? And he was like, I don't know what's creepy about that. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, it's a couple of dolls like standing by a window. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, a couple of creepy ass dolls standing by a creepy ass window. Exactly. You're with like... some creepy ass hands outside of it. How are you not? He's like, I don't know. It's just painting. You're like, yeah. okay, dad, thanks for the help. That sounds like something my dad would have said. Like he would have just been like, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> So one of my very favorite um, haunted object stories, which is like a haunted object story that got me interested in this kind of stuff. Um, there was this movie called The Possession, which um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in it. And I'm a huge Jeffrey Dean Morgan fan. Negan, the comedian. As are we all. Yes. Yeah. He's so great. He's just he's just a great dude. And um So he was the dad in this movie, and I can't remember exactly what the details of the movie are, but it's based on this account of the Dybbuk box. And if, um, I know that some of you guys that listen are definitely fans of Paranormal Witness, and, because I've talked to some of you on Instagram about episodes of Paranormal Witness, and there is an episode about the Dybbuk box, um, which I believe is just called the Dybbuk box, and that basically means the demon box. Um, So... In 2003, the box, which was a wine storage box, made an appearance on eBay when it was put up for auction by someone who bought it in an estate sale in Portland, Oregon in 2001. So in the story on Paranormal Witness, basically what happens is this guy who is an antiques dealer gets a hold of this box and it's just this little wine storage box that's like as wide as a keyboard and maybe like a foot and a half high and it's got these grapes carved on the front of it you can see it like if you look you look it up it'll definitely pop up on google images um and anyway he got it and he gave it to his mother and his mother shortly thereafter had a stroke i believe and um some other bad stuff happened and he was like okay i think this is in connection to this box I'm going to get rid of it. And so somebody bought it from his store and they returned it like really shortly thereafter with a note on top of it that said, um, this has dark energy and this is very dark or this has dark energy in it or something like that. Um, and he then put it up for sale on eBay and it changed hands a few times. And if you watch the episode of paranormal witness, like basically what happens is one person gets a hold of it, then another person gets a hold of it, and one of the people that gets a hold of it is a college student 
who kind of, um, he, it's like what I was talking about earlier about like seeking out a haunted item. And he very much so does let, like he sees on eBay that it's haunted and he's like, oh yeah, this is, I want this. And, um, he kind of in the episode, it like shows him taking it out at parties and like telling people about how it's haunted and there's a demon in it. And there's one scene where he, um, opens it in front of this girl and like this really dramatic rush of wind comes out of the Dybbuk box and she's just like totally horrified and leaves the party like angry at him. And um, decision making right there. Exactly. And like, I guess the thing and the thing with it was they eventually ended up finding out that it belonged to an older Jewish woman who had um, lived in Europe during World War Two and somehow like in the episode, they kind of showed that she and her friends did a seance and contacted something dark and they put it in the Dybbuk box. And um, anyway, it her whole thing with it was, you know, it's okay, like, just don't open it. And they get in contact with her and whatever. Finally, this ends up in the hands of someone I believe was a professor. And he kind of wanted to evaluate it as scientifically as possible. Um and he realized quickly that bad things were happening to him. So he was like, well, I'm not going to let anybody else have this. I'm going to put this in a shed or somewhere on my property where no one knows where it is. And just like, we're not going to ever deal with it again. Well, somewhere along those, like in that whole thing, Zach Bagans got a hold of it. Which I'm sure that you guys that listen to this podcast know exactly who he is. Um, he is the guy from Ghost Adventures that, uh, he's always wearing like affliction t-shirts and he's got, um, black glasses that he wears sometimes. And he usually he'll wear a gas mask sometimes because I think he has asthma and a lot of the places that they go have like a lot of dust and stuff I'm like sure that. I'm sure probably mold in a lot of places Yeah, too, yeah, right? yeah. And anyway, the Dybbuk box now resides in his haunted museum in Las Vegas and you can still see the original eBay listing online if you go, if you search for that, like, you can see it. So Do you have to ask it permission to take a picture of it as well? <laughs> I don't think I th- so. <laughs> I'm looking at this thing, uh, at a picture of it right now, and it looks like it has a face. Like yeah. anything inanimate that, that's not like a doll or whatever that has a face, just like automatically you want to attach a personality to it anyway. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah, so, that's true. Well, I do anyway. That might have just said something about my psychological. <laughs> no, I think life. I think that's probably. I think that's <laughs> that a universal? fair statement. Yeah, yeah okay, for great. all of us. Yeah, great. definitely. I just when I heard myself say that out loud, I'm like, Rusty, are you giving away too much? Yeah, um, <laughs> but it does look like it has a face on it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> do you want to? Um, do you want to tell about your trip to Branson and what you? Um, yeah. encountered at the Titanic Museum. I recently spent a week in Branson because my do- both my daughters uh, had, you know, were in the same dance competition. And I don't know if any of you out there are aware with, you know, a dance competitions, but they're like week long. And like I might have one daughter dance at like 9 a.m. and another one dance at like 3.30 p.m. or whatever. So there's like, I never really had a whole day free, right. but, you know, there were chunks of hours where we mm-hmm. could. So one of the things we could do that was close by, my wife is a big Titanic fan she devours any information or fiction or anything she can find on it so we went to the titanic museum there in branson so we're on our way there one of my daughter's friends and her mom were also going to go later in the day and um 
so that friend told my daughter, yeah, it's supposedly haunted. There's like some haunted objects in there. <laughs> and I was like, I knew I was coming on this podcast. So I was yeah. like, yes, perfect score. There's something for me yeah. to, to look for here. So as we went through that museum, I was kind of paying attention to things that might jump out at me as being creepy or potentially haunted. I was you know, looking for floating orbs and stuff. like. Mm-hmm. I never did see anything like yeah. that. But, but there were some items where I looked at and I went, yeah, if, it's, if anything in here is haunted, it's going to be that. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, one of them was like this display of life jackets. Uh, another one was like in the the kids room and like the third classroom. And there's like some guy's wedding ring was on display, and I'm like, okay, I can see that being haunted. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, you'd attach yourself to the wedding ring, right? Uh, kids' shoes, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, there was also this music room that was dedicated to the musicians that played until the ship went down. It was famously portrayed in the movie, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and there was a guy in there. Now, I should say that this tour was kind of a pace yourself. You could just kind of wander around and yeah. as you wanted. Um, so it's just me and my wife and daughters, our family here. My, my son wasn't there. He stayed at home. Um, but we're, it's just kind of us in this room. And there's this guy, like, when we get in there, and he starts telling us all about the musicians. He's very passionate about the musicians, you know. Um, all the musicians had, like, a big, like, I don't know, maybe about four-foot picture of their face. Just yeah. like kind of lined up along one one wall and kind of like a semicircle, and it was just creepy in that room. Yeah, <laughs> and the guy's very passionate about what he's saying. And when he finishes his speech, he sits down, starts playing. He was actually playing "Sound of Silence" very creepily. Oh my on, gosh! On, yeah, <laughs> yes, Simon Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and it was just like a very haunting version of of that on mm-hmm. piano. And that, that whole experience was just super creepy. Yeah. And I kind of joked with my wife and, and daughters later. I was like, was that room creepy? And and they said, yeah. <laughs> and they weren't even looking for stuff like I was. And I was like, are we sure there was another human being in there with us? Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. was this guy playing the piano and talking about the musicians? Was he really there? And they thought it was kind of funny, kind of scary. I love that. <laughs> I love time. that so much. Well, well, right outside, immediately when you walk outside that room, there's this display of the life jackets that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, we finished this tour, and I go outside and I ask the guys who are kind of ushering people in. It's like, hey, man, I heard this place might be haunted or haunted mm-hmm. objects in there. And the guy I spoke to, he said, you want to talk about haunted things in here? The guy you need to talk to is right over there. He pointed to the guy down the way. So I went and talked to him, and this dude opened up, man. He told yeah. me he was more than happy to tell me everything. And it turns out they did a um, a Ghost Adventure. Is mm-hmm. that the name of the show? Yes, that's the one with Zach. Um, they did a show on the Titanic, and I went and found it on YouTube afterwards. And the guy I was talking to outside it was actually in that episode. Oh, that's yeah, cool. So uh anyway he told me some things in there that he thought to be haunted he said the big one was the madeline astor life jacket which is you know okay. is a life jacket display and right outside the creepy music room mm-hmm. he said anytime they moved that or changed the display or altered it or whatever it's like there's weird things happen for 10 to 14 days that's so weird after they moved that jacket he also brought up the wedding ring, which I thought mm. was creepy when I looked at it. He brought up the baby shoes and the children's room. Oh, my gosh. Then the, those are the things yeah. that I looked at. The other creepy thing was a deck chair, but nobody ever brought that up. But this yeah. deck chair was super creepy looking. Yeah. Um, he showed me on his phone. Somehow he had uh, security footage mm-hmm. of the gift shop in there on his phone. And it's on a motion sensor. So he pointed out to me, okay, so here's the last thing we got It's like, 1233 uh a.m i think it was and then all of a sudden this like 
apparition looking thing appears mm-hmm. like on the security footage. It looks like it comes out of one of the shelves. Yeah. Actually. And he said, notice the timestamp and it jumped it like to like twelve fifty something. He said, Yeah, these things are on a motion sensor. So oh, like the motion sensor picked up whatever that was yeah. and, and started oh. recording it. That's that's why the time gap. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's weird. And so yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. Uh Coming out of there and talking to that guy, yeah, you know about things that he had seen and what he believes was going on in there. And that. So, um, this I when I was preparing for this, I wanted to get um, some haunted object stories from Oklahoma to kind of tie it into Erioki. And one of the ones I've got, I've got two for you guys. One of them is from a friend of mine, and one of them is actually mine, which I just remembered today that it was something that I had wanted to talk about on this episode and I remembered it today and I'm so glad I did because it's a good story. (laughs) Um, So one of my friends told me that um, in the 90s she had this Furby and if you guys don't know what a Furby is like you should look it up. I think they're still around. They're kind of like I think the thing that's popular now is like a Hatchimal or something like that. Yeah. And okay. And they're kind of similar, right? Yeah. My daughter wanted a Hatchimal really bad. Like when they were impossible to find for the, for like the four weeks they were impossible to find, of course, is when she wanted one. Yeah. Of course. And that thing hatched out of there and I was like, it's a Furby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I had, I definitely had several Furbies when I was a kid and this, my friend had a Furby and, one of the things about the Furby is that it, um, oh man, listen to those dogs. <laughs> uh, so the Furby is like motion activated or like voice activated and you like teach it words and it kind of like learns about you and like all this stuff and which is kind of creepy in and of itself. But um, so the Furby that she had, it would go off in the middle of the night and like, which is not that unusual since like motion can set it off and they're pretty temperamental and all of that. So they were getting pretty creeped out because the Furby seemed to be like reacting to nothing. And so they took the batteries out of it and the Furby kept reacting to things. (laughs) And so I thought that was really creepy. That would really freak me out if I took the like batteries out of a toy (laughs) and it was still going strong. And, um, they actually like some other stuff happened surrounding the Furby, like some bad, like bad luck and stuff like that. So they ended up, burning the Furby in a fire pit. See, that's my go-to right there. Like, yeah. If I think something's on it's... Burn it with fire. Yeah, I'm not going to sell it on eBay or try to put yeah. it in a garage sale or anything. Like, that yeah. thing is gone. Exactly. I mean, just... Yeah. So, okay, so here is um, my haunted object story. So this did not happen directly to me, but once upon a time, many moons ago, I worked in a funeral home. And um, actually, I have two stories. I just realized that. <laughs> okay, so when I started working there... One of the people that worked there told me that there was one night when they were all getting ready for a service. And the way that that funeral home was laid out is you walked in the doors. And if you turned right at the end of the hallway, you'd go into the chapel. But there was also a stateroom that like butted up right against the chapel. Um, And you could open some curtains and look out from the stateroom into the chapel. Um, And they, I believe that there was no one in the stateroom at that time. And they were getting things ready for the service in the chapel the next day. And they had moved the casket with the body in it into the chapel. And um, they were all in there talking about, like, coordinating what they were going to do the next day. And, like, who needed to be where, what time. And they all heard something. And 
one of them like went back to that stateroom to see if like maybe somebody had come in the funeral home and was like needing help or something like that. And um, all of the furniture was piled in the middle of the room. Wow. Yeah. And so I don't know how true that was, if that was just like an initiation story that they told me when I started working there. But one night um, when I was working there, there was a guy who had passed away and he was quite older. And when he was a kid, he'd had polio. And so he had a leg brace and the leg brace was to be put in the casket with him. And there was this trash can in the office. And I don't think the leg brace had been put in the casket with him yet. And I was sitting at the desk, and I'm I'm just telling you what I saw. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what happened. It could have been the wind. I don't know what it was. Sure. There was this trash can that kind of sat up on a little bit of an edge underneath this desk. And I looked to my left, back into the office, and the trash can just, like, scooted out and fell over. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of weird because it was, like, maybe someone kicking it or something like that. Uh-huh. And it was just, it was just a really, really strange experience. And I remember that night I was like, okay, um, I'm going to lock up and I'm going to go home at <laughs> right at nine. Like this is, that's what's happening. So I did like all my cleaning before, like yeah. before closing and stuff like that. I was like, we're going to, we're going to get out of here soon tonight. <laughs> maybe he was angry about that leg brace. Maybe like, so. Like that's kind of what I was thinking. If I had been captive to this leg brace my entire life. And then right. I, like the only way away from it is death. And then they put it in the casket with me. I'd be kind of upset about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> like, maybe it was like, maybe it was anymore. kind of his way of being like, I can use my leg. Like I'm going to yeah. kick this trash can <laughs> over like i'm gonna scare this girl like i didn't ever tell anybody about it because i was just like this is really weird and nothing like that had ever happened before or since in the funeral home um did you quit the next day no i didn't (laughs) i worked there for for quite a while more but yeah like i oh my gosh i have so many (laughs) stories about the funeral home that have nothing to do with ghostly people (laughs) but um so Let's see. There was one other thing I think that we were going to talk about, and I'm not seeing it. Um, um, like, well, I've got stories. If okay. You're yeah, yeah, for yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And nothing that's really happened to me. I mean, I have to disclose here. I have never gotten a hold of anything that I felt yeah. was haunted or possessed or anything. Of course, I've never been looking for it. Um, but when I knew I was going to do this podcast, I kind of put the call out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got a few stories back, probably seven or eight, I guess. But I, I'm just going to go with the one that kind of jumped out at me that was just kind of, yeah, it, it seemed kind of out there. Okay, so this lady, uh, not in Oklahoma, this was in California. Uh, so she picked up this like real ornate, like 1800s bronze Turkish gunpowder ammo box. Okay. Um, and she went tonight or went to, went to bed one night and woke up to the smell of pipe smoke. So she looked at the foot of her bed, and there's, like, this British, like, general in, like, this green and red uniform just standing there looking at her. She said oh there was gosh. enough light coming in the room. She could see that his eyes were open. Yeah. And uh, she did say the communication was nonverbal, but the communication was clear that he's asking her what she was doing there. Wow. So, <laughs> I just got chills. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that one is, is kind of creepy. Um, so she said that, like... The next, you know, when she actually got her eyes like opened, like mm-hmm. enough to where she's sure she was seeing everything that he can't, he disappeared. And the next day, she took that box out back and did some stuff with like white sage to yeah. it. Um, 
was she did the same thing to the uh, the German gas mask that she bought at the same time that she bought the uh, the ammo box. So, mm-hmm. um, oh wow! Yeah, and that's that's kind of weird. She kind of left the story up there, so I don't know ultimately what happened to those yeah. objects. If the sage worked, or if she destroyed them, or sold them, or whatever. Yeah, but I don't. Do, do you know anything about the sage and the haunting and all that? I don't know what the like reasoning is behind why it is particularly sage that is burned but i know that it's kind of like a spiritual purification thing like it's like you hold it in a shell and you set it on fire and then you kind of waft the smoke into the corners and then kind of like shoo it all out a window or a door or something like that and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a um i think it's i don't know if it's native american or if it's Mm -hmm. european in history like i don't i don't know exactly so if anybody knows that feel free to contact me and let me know um, or if you know anything about what the thing is with Sage, like, I'd love to hear it's it. It's like supernatural goo gone. Yeah, exactly, just, exactly, yeah. <laughs> take away this remnants. Yeah, that's like when um, I was going somewhere that was supposed to be haunted, and I got t- contacted on Instagram by someone, and they were like, you need a combine and a 50-pound bag of salt and <laughs> some and something else, and she was like, permanent salt circle. Yeah. Eye of Newt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Exactly. I could use some of that. <laughs> Something to protect me <laughs> from all this spooky stuff that I'm getting involved with. But yeah, um, I think that that's, that's pretty much all I've got for you guys about haunted objects, unless you have anything else to, to add or... Um, uh, no, that's about my experience with it. Okay. Uh, it's It has been fun uh, connecting with you and researching yes, this. Because it's an definitely. aspect of what I do every day that I'd never really looked into. Yeah, that's so, cool. I'm yeah. glad. Um, do you have anything you want to plug, like the website or the... Uh, yeah, well, again, you mentioned the podcast is the Buy, Sell, Trade podcast. I had to get all five words in there to avoid, like, trademark stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, there's a website, thebstp.com, stands for Buy, Sell, Trade podcast, uh, where we have links to all those platforms. And I hang out on Instagram a lot. I'm Rustman Vintage on Instagram. If you want to follow me there, yeah, I do a lot. And you can see some Instagram stories of him uh, torturing his daughter with pop figures. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things yeah. to do on vacations. It's like she's old enough now, and we've been doing it enough. She kind of embraces it, so yeah. it's kind of lost a lot of its fun. It was super fun when it was. Was it really irritator? Yeah, yeah. it would be like photo bomb. Like I'd have like different pop figures. Like this last one, I used Arya Stark, um, mm-hmm. but I've used like Daredevil and or Stavro Blofeld and stuff in the yeah. past. But yeah, I just get the little pop up to the camera and take a picture <laughs> of her so... in the background. And usually, when she knows I'm doing it, really irritated. Face. Yeah. Oh, that's so. It was it was funny when I saw that on Instagram. I was like, this is great. <laughs> but yeah, um, I appreciate you being here so much. And Rusty's awesome because we had difficulties recording this the first time, and he came all the way from Yukon to help me out. And so I'm so appreciative to him for that. Um, it was kind of serendipitous because I, I felt like, okay, now I have a practice run under my belt. Yeah. I have my own podcast and I've been the host and I'm usually the one driving the ship. This is my first yeah. opportunity to be a guest. And It's uh, definitely, it's yeah. different. Like anytime I'm on Jay's show, I'm always like a little bit nervous. I'm like, right. I'm like, I don't know what to say, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I guess the only thing I've got for you guys is follow the Instagram at Irioki. And if you want to follow my writing, it's at Irioki press on Instagram. Um, there's a Facebook group, Irioki's plural. And, um, just keep being awesome. You guys keep sending me Instagram messages about your experiences or whatever you want to reach out to me about. It makes my day. So that's about all I've got for you. Stay spooky.
Hey guys, so I have an exciting announcement. Um, this is what I posted about in the group yesterday. Um, the story that I've been talking about to you guys is live on Amazon. Um, you can pre-order it. It comes out next Friday and it is a vampire story. So if you like fun vampire stuff that has vampires that don't sparkle, but are actually pretty bloodthirsty, um, you might like this one. So go search on Amazon for Marnie Vinge. It's M-A-R-N-I-E-V-I-N-G-E. And you'll find the story. It's called Jaws. And if you are more inclined to listen to the audiobook, the audiobook should be available in the next 10 days. So stay tuned for that and stay spooky. Thank you.